You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you i always wanted to perform as well i was always like obsessed with like mostly I'm such a gay stereotype, but like mostly like the women in SNL in the 90s. Like I just like loved Sherry O'Terry and Molly Shannon. And I had like a disproportionate love for Anna Gasteyer that I still have to this day, like <laughs> all of them, Tina and Rachel and Amy. So I always wanted to do both. And so I did a lot of improv and sketch like in New York and then very lightly in L.A. when I moved out here. But then I started to see how hard those spaces were, yeah. like in a professional way. It's more than just your output. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 248. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Howdy. So we should probably take this uh, moment to let people know. What are we letting them know? We're going to let them know that we are going to be in the Miami area. Oh, yeah. If anybody wants to hang out. We were at, in Boston around Thanksgiving time and had a great time hanging out with people. We did. And so if anyone wants to hang out with us in Miami, we will be there on March 24th. So it's it's last time we had to pick a day out of many. This time we already know the day. It's March 24th because we are in town. We are doing a cruise. <laughs> I know. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we're going to find out how well these vaccines work. But uh, but we are we are doing it's just a, a little baby cruise. Yes. It's like so we're flying in the night before. And so we are free on Thursday, March 24th. So I had posted in the group about it. But if anyone's interested in hanging out, maybe chime in on that thread in the group. And we're just trying to figure out if it's worth people's time. And it would be nothing crazy. Like we'd probably just find a bar or restaurant to hang out in. and Yeah. That, that would have be a ex- dinner, chat. Yeah. You know, the huge. Yeah. So pretty tame. Yeah. So, but anyway, but if people are down for that, we would love to hang out with we people. We would. We would. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, there's our... Our shameless plug before the shameless plug. <laughs> and now, what, pray tell, do you have in store for people this week? Well, um, we're going to talk to uh, John Mills. He's going to be visiting, and we're going to chat about <laughs> a new a new berry, 
a new Barry quote. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, and uh, just some other things that happened. Also, iFit. We're going to talk about iFit, some connected fitness in general reviews. We've got a visit from Dr. Jen, and she's talking about helping children have healthy relationships with food. We have a whole bunch of in the news happening this week, so Mm -hmm. we got to talk about that. MetPro, Angelo's visiting, and he has tips for determining the best times to eat specific to you. And then a whole bunch of instructor news as well. So there's a whole, whole, whole lot going on this week and we need to get down to it. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. And while you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. And uh, maybe leave us a review if you would be so kind. That way people that come along after you know that it's worth uh, checking out. And also, if you want to stay up to date on things throughout the week, you can find us on the Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page, join the group. The group is a great place for for you to chime in. And uh, if you post something, you can post something on a page, but nobody will ever see it. So yeah. Yeah. The group's way better for that sort of thing. And what else do we got to plug? Oh, yeah. YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash the clip out. You can watch these shows in full HD glory. And finally, don't forget, I know we throw a lot of news stories and links and articles and stuff at you uh, at, when you're listening to an episode. And I know a lot of people are listening to it on their commute. And so they don't have the time to go find that stuff. So if you're looking for that stuff. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter at theclipout.com where you will get uh, just a weekly digest of just here's all the links we talked about. It doesn't make that noise, though. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it does. We're working on it, though. We're yeah, working on it. Yeah. So maybe uh, a new GIF. You know? Yeah. Mm. So uh, anyway, there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Run, lift and live with John Mills. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube, it's John Mills. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Oh, there's my energy. <laughs> there's always a slight pause I know. where I'm just right. like, oh, is it not going okay? And then it <laughs> well, kicks because in. John's revving. Like yeah. He's got to rev yeah. up, you know? Like, yeah, do you remember those Tonka going. Do you guys remember those Tonka trucks from the 80s when you would like yeah. drag them backwards and then they would yeah. go? That's what I picture you yeah. doing. Do I, <laughs> do I really seem like as a boy, I was like, please, someone buy me trucks i just figure you had one <laughs> even if you didn't like it i just i feel like you had one your sister probably played with it <laughs> you might have, yeah I, I remember when i was a kid the big gift i wanted was a a charlie mccarthy ventriloquist dummy who are you and honey? it was the 70s <laughs> and so yeah. my dad was like oh, we can't get him a doll <laughs> i'm like it's not a doll it's a ventriloquist dummy <laughs> dolls have dresses and long hair and and like, yeah. I mean, like, whatever, if that's what I wanted, go get it, dad. That's your job. But uh, <laughs> your your childhood story did not age well. It did not. <laughs> but it was like, but no, I want a ventriloquist dummy. And he, you know, I actually wanted one, too. I, did to you? Be honest, and it was the 70s. I don't remember the act, but there, it was a there was a, a black man and he had it. I can't remember the name of the act. Uh, like really, Lester. Uh, Lester. Willie, yeah. t- Willie something yeah. and Lester. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I love that act so much. I wanted one of them dogs, one of them dolls that he had. Can I, you, can you all imagine this? Never got me one of them. Can Willie you all did. imagine this podcast if we had Tom and John both with ventriloquist dolls right now? It would be huge. That would, that would be amazing. It would blow up. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it was it was no. Willie Tyler and Lester. Willie, and there it is. Yeah, and it's, that sounds like it would be three people. And it's but it's yeah. the the guy's name was Willie Tyler. He and had then, two last right. names. Yeah, or two and first then, names. And then Lester was yeah. the was the ventriloquist. You're not supposed to yeah, say. Yeah, my dummy. parents didn't get it for me though. Yeah, well, they didn't get it for me. Probably good because I tried to like you know, but I was terrible. So. Yeah, it's mean I, streets I for ventriloquists out there. Like that's that's a rough childhood. Like yeah, <laughs> although you wouldn't think it would be because they could blame saying nasty things to other people. You know, like it's my whole motivation. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> of course it was, Tom. <laughs> but you're not supposed to call them dummies. If so, like I've done a couple Jeff Dunham shows in my concert career, yeah. and like he gets upset. What the heck Ooh. do you call? Them? What is the politically correct Ooh. term? Ooh. Uh, not dolls. I've established uh, that. Forget what it was. Characters. Not dolls and not dummies. Yeah, you're supposed to call them characters. Like, if you call them dummies, he will get very upset. Did did Jeff Dunham yell at you, Tom? No, I've actually, I've done shows with him like three or four times. I've never actually met him. Oh, okay. But, uh, but that was like in the, in the marketing letter you get, it's like, do not call them dummies. Okay. Yeah. Now I want to, I want, I need a video of somebody just intentionally yeah, so you're dummy. Like, I need that video, like how he reacts. He will uh, lose his shit. His mind yeah. on that character is going to go off on you. And he travels with an elliptical, so That's, yeah, or yeah. treadmill. I forget which one, but he had a, and a road case that, like, he had a specially built custom road case for it that they would come in and open up and it like an unfurl. Yeah, yeah. So when you do that kind of business, you can ask for those sorts of perks. Yeah. What else are you going to work out? I guess yeah. so. And uh, just while we're on the Jeff Dunham topic, if you uh, if you, he's got a he's got a character, right? I right. forget its name, but it's like, it's like the jalapeno. No, it's the one that's like like a country bumpkin kind of a character. OK, and it's got I have no idea why teeth I know teeth and all that. Yeah. And I forget what it's called. Just Google sometime Mortimer Snurd yeah. and. Okay. He completely lifted that character. Oh no! From Mortimer Snurd was one of so Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy were ventriloquists. Uh, well, Edgar yeah. Bergen was the ventriloquist, and, and one of his other characters was Mortimer Snurd, and he okay. totally lifted the look, the voice, the attitude, everything. Lifted Mortimer Snurd. It's just most people aren't really up on the history wow. of ventriloquism. So, oh wow, yeah. So, uh, anyway, Peloton. Yes, uh, I'm glad everybody <laughs> tuned in to hear your ventriloquy lecture. That's uh, <laughs> what I do. You just never know where That's we're right. going to go. You never know. <laughs> hey, remember right. when I talked about Fred J. Muggs and everybody was super excited to That's, hear about Fred J. Muggs? Hey. Yeah, we don't know. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So that's true. I guess let's uh, start, <laughs> let's start with our first story, which is Barry Bear Bear. McCar- Barry McCarthy. Oh, Bear Bear. Uncle yeah. Barry. Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Barry. Bear. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. In my clubhouse, uh, my clubhouse, my clubhouse. my clubhouse. When the listener Kari came up with that, and so I'm, I think he came up with it because you know how if you're at like the cookout and everybody has that uncle that just might say anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, and then people are giggling, but he's just like serious. He gives me that vibe. Yes. Barry McCarthy gives us that that Uncle Barry vibe. You never know what he's going to do. He's not Bear Bear. He's Scare Bear. He's Scare Bear. He's a Scare Bear. (laughs) bear. (laughs) Well, whatever he is, 
He's uh, he's changing things. Okay, so I'm not going to go down that road. We did that last week. Yes. But, okay, so Yahoo Finance sat down with Uncle Barry this week, and yes. they talked about what is in the future for Peloton. There were some key takeaways. Yeah. So I'm going to say them out loud, and I want to get your guys' feedback on them. So okay. Peloton will soon be testing new pricing to attract new members. The $39 price for existing members is not going away so we were all right about that yay all right any feedback before i move on well i mean there's well, no way it stays 39 dollars forever it's not going to be in perpetuity just, but what, what do you think that testing will be like do you think we're going to see cheaper bikes but higher monthly fees do you think that's the i do yeah he kept saying pricing elasticity so i think it's going to be that and i also think it's going to be bundling for services you know like we're cable that's what I think is happening. Yeah, and that's that's exactly, I mean, to me, this wasn't really much of news because it's exactly what he said in the New York Times article like a few weeks ago. Like it, this is kind of, he's recycling kind of the same kind of topics. So when he was talking to the New York Times, he said, we're going to try new pricing structures and we're thinking about eliminating kind of that upfront cost. So you're not putting down $15,000, $2,000 on the product. And then him, he going back and forth with this interviewer talking about, well, what would the price monthly be if you did that? And he's thinking, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 bucks. The thought being you're just kind of leasing or something, you know, something to that effect. When I heard that with the New York Times article, I just thought an existing customer who already has their bike is just going to keep paying $39 a month. That's what I thought too. But if you're a new customer... Then you might not have to pay the fifteen two thousand up front to buy the bike, but you now might pay seventy bucks a month, like yeah. forever. So this just kind of perpetuity, like you may. Right. <laughs> so that's the downside, right? Because like we paid for right. our bikes up front and then it was done. Would people really right. make that choice though, if, if it means that once the bike is paid off, it's not paid off, and you keep paying? Well, maybe because maybe that maybe that also means you get a new bike every three years. Sure, okay. You know, so yeah. maybe I don't know. So here's the other question: If somebody goes down this road and they stop paying. Does that mean Peloton is now in the repossession business? Well, it certainly means they're in the financing business. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Another thing about this article I found interesting, and he describes it as fitness as a service. Yes. And that's interesting to me because it reminds me of like software as a service, like, the you know, the idea being you don't you don't have like a plant in the in your backyard to generate electricity. You just plug into the grid and you just pay a monthly for what you use. And software as a service, that, that similar kind of a idea so is he trying to like coin this phrase to align with this kind of leasing type model like because i had never really heard it like that well first of all service i've never heard it said like that i totally agree with you but second of all yes i do and i think the reason he's making his rounds at specific places is because exactly what you said john he is recycling these ideas because he's out there beating a drum getting people on Mm -hmm. board with his like new direction so one of the other things that he said was that no additional fundraising is needed to support McCarthy's vision for the company, which sounds more software driven as opposed to a steady drumbeat of manufacturing its own hardware and producing original workout content. So when I hear that, I hear well, we're going to focus on software and the hardware becomes secondary. So that goes along with what you just said. It goes along with the leasing idea. It goes al- like it becomes secondary. But then add on this other statement, which is he is open to adding outside partners to the Peloton platform to boost the user experience. Right. 
And he said that in the New York Times article. In fact, I, that's like another thing he's recycling because he says in that article of the New York Times about potentially having a marketplace or using outside partners to develop for the platform. Like he talked that same kind of language. I can't remember how he worded it, but it's similar. So that's why I think he keeps regurgitating the same thing. He's like getting, you know, everyone's kind of feel for what he's saying. Well, I agree. He is repeating things, but I feel like also he's using slightly different wording each time. And I also think he's doing it to get all of us used to these ideas. Right. So, yeah, yeah. they certainly feel like trial balloons. Like he's he's going to put this stuff out there and engage the reaction. And if people freak out, then he can be like, well, no, not like that. Yeah. This feels like a presidential platform. It it does. It feels like like he's running for president. That's what it feels like to me. And politicians do that kind of stuff all the time with trial balloons, you know, where they're just like, right. well, I mean, you know, what if taxes were 85 percent? OK, and, all right. <laughs> now I see that that wasn't a good right. idea. I wasn't it was, didn't say I was going to do that. <laughs> right. It's, but if nobody freaks yes. out, I was just then they're floating, like floating the idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, this is the Joe Rogan model. Just asking questions. <laughs> just a- I'm just asking questions. You know, having all, a conversation. That's all. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's a different world now. We don't we don't have we do not have past experience of Peloton to uh, draw on. Yeah. And so to me, anything is is up for grabs. Any of this. I wonder what this does. I have long wanted them to shut down their open API because I feel like people are always poking around in there finding things they shouldn't find. And uh, it's created numerous security risks. This sounds like we're going to be open to more of that, not less. Right. Not sure how I feel about that. Also, I get the idea that he's trying to say about fitness as a service. However, I am concerned because that also means I hear it as we're not going to be the ones who are making waves. We're not going to be innovative. That's what I hear. If it's all about software... The hardware is done and we are no longer going to be innovative. I hope that that interpretation is incorrect, but that is my interpretation. Okay, but ultimately, wasn't their innovation kind of software based? I mean, I mean, they didn't really reinvent a spin bike per but they, se. But they added features to it. Like, sure. for example, think about the tread and it had the buttons on it that you press to jump to go from one speed to the next very quickly or the way the knobs are rounded. It's so simple to increase or slow down. Those jump buttons, that's a big deal. So, I mean, they had innovation that was hardware driven, but I will also say there have been numerous problems with that hardware. So I get that maybe that's what they're going away from. But but like, does that mean that this year when we see the rower drop, when we see the guide drop, is is that it? Are we done for a while? Because now it's just all going to be adding software to things. I, I mean, he was very, yeah, you're right. He was very clear about the idea of like, yeah, we're going to focus on the experience. And he described the experience as what you produce from the software. And also in that article that you referred to there, they make it very clear that he's saying we're not going to, you know, derail any current hardware plans that are in place. Like, and I thought when I read that, I'm like, well, I didn't think you were. Why are you telling me? Like, I thought you were. I think there's been some rumors. (laughs) I think there's been some rumors. I mean, we all know that they're not, but I think that out there in the, the, general news marketplace i think people have right. have kind of floated questions like well maybe they're right. gonna maybe this is, means that the rower's not gonna come out i've certainly seen that question come up quite a bit right. you know and and so I, I, yeah. that's what i heard <laughs> i think yeah, software, I aligned. 
I think software makes sense just in so much as that there's a finite number of pieces of equipment that people really want, right? right. And so, like, at some point, you're you're making weird weirder is harsh, but more and more niche products of like, here's a stair stepper, or and I just don't know how much of that you're you're really gonna move. How in far the, do you go with that? Yeah, and yeah. and so I. I mean, I get that. Like, but what on the if, flip side, how many things can you do to the existing stuff? I mean, do we just turn it all into games and things like that? Like, I'm, what is that even? I feel like there's more room to nibble around the edges there sure. than there are in in the world of machines. So, like, yeah, like maybe you know there is a way. You know, maybe they do come up with a way where like they figure out beats per minute and and you can change the music. Wow. You know, and you, <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, and yeah. It, you know, and so it just its algorithm can kind of read what the tempo of the song is, and then it can swap out within a genre, and you can say, "No, I don't want a hip hop class. I want a heavy metal class, or vice versa." T M Tom O'Keefe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they never did the sexy people filter, so I'm done with them. But you but sound uh, like you work for Uncle Barry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just call him Scare Bear, so I don't think he's gained ideas. Yeah, my my theory is they're still keeping they're still keeping the clip out away from Barry, so he probably yeah. won't yeah. be hearing any of this. Yeah, yeah, he probably don't hear it. John, like, however, is probably sitting at home going cracking up. So, <laughs> yeah, he's got more he, a little more free time. This. Yeah, yeah. John's somewhere no in the Hamptons. He's he's somewhere in the Hamptons, and he's like, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see at the end of that article, at the very end, he says, with all the cash we have on hand and the large amount of love we have for this platform, if we can't turn this around, then I should have never come out of retirement. So when I when I read that, I wasn't sure if that was a like confidence building statement for investors or just another diss of everybody else in charge. Like, you guys can't make this work. I mean, come on now. Damn. Well, I mean, I'm not sure how to read it. It's both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you could read it as a diss, but at the same time, it's the reality of the situation, right? Like, I mean, they they were in turmoil and they and they changed leaderships to suppress turmoil. So, I mean, that ultimately it's just a statement of fact. But I also think it, he's right in that they have a lot more you know, positives and they do negatives and people are losing sight of that. And he's basically saying this ain't as bad as you people think. And this is going to be a pretty quick, like I think for him, he looks at this and goes, there's so much low hanging fruit. This is easy peasy. Yeah. Well, then I guess we didn't need to give him $400 billion or whatever. So (laughs) (laughs) if it's so easy, (laughs) y'all doing (laughs) Give me that hammer. This is how you do this. <laughs> Uncle Barry. <laughs> so uh, also this week, uh, you uh, were talking about how iFit has begun quietly laying people off. Um, I guess quietly because people don't write about iFit in the same way that they write about Peloton because it doesn't drive clicks, which is probably part of why they're laying people off. <laughs> Pretty so. sure this article started something like <laughs> Peloton's rival lays off people. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. And they yeah. just wanted right. the clicks. <laughs> right. They wanted the click. Well, it's what I just found the article interesting for a few reasons. One, their path seems identical that to it does. Peloton. Yeah. Like it's like everything that's going on seems like identical. It starts out with, well, we knew this. In December, IFIT laid off like a whole bunch of people, hundreds of people, or what have you. And then in January, one of their lenders 
sues them and said, give us our money back because they, 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 I think they were trying to buy a, a manufacturing plant in China or something. And I guess it broke some agreement. Yeah. It had which something I just, to, didn't it yeah. have something to do with like that the people that they were that held the loan were also owners of? It was like it was some weird right. situation, which made me wonder, it was this just a, an easy off ramp for this lender to go, oh, we can get our money back and get out of this. <laughs> right. You know? So that was going on in January. And now we hear about, but they're private. I guess this is the beauty of being private, right? No one really knows what's going on. And you hear these hints. But I guess now they're they're on another round of layoffs. And this this article talks, they interviewed some individual who wouldn't give their name. And is like, yeah, this looks like it's going to be deep layoffs. And like, so, so more is going on. While that's going on, they run another round to raise money and they they raise 350 million 355 million or something so they're they're trying to get more funds in at the same time while they're getting rid of these people like all of it sounds like what we just saw you know happen with peloton over the last few months and then at the end of it in this article it talks about how which is another interesting thing to me it talks about how ifit has 7.3 million members mhm which kind of threw me at first. I was like, well, how do really? they define members? Right? right. Like, is do you define member as someone who bought a piece of equipment from you? I mean, right. They've been in business for a long time. So if you're going back 20 years and counting equipment, then yeah, right. OK, that that's sounds, what I think, th- too. And it sound, but when you use that metric, when you know the length of time attached to that metric, if that's what they're doing, right. it's a lot less impressive. Yeah, because because as John points out here, Peloton has 6.6 million members. And we know when Peloton started their count because that was 2012. And also a a Peloton member is by virtue of definition engaged with the piece of equipment currently or the app or the app. Yes. And uh, and where if you're just saying anyone who bought a a, bought a, a piece of iFit equipment is now a member. Well, we all know there's lots of fitness equipment out there that right. has been forgotten or sold coat racked and then forgotten right. by another person uh, you know like the the pass around rate on you know misbegotten toys that of fitness equipment is pr- pretty high yeah okay. I, I think and and to make it worse one of the folks under the post informed me that i fit also counts folks that are using free content so they have no subscription they just signed up for the free content that they deliver. So yeah, it's not, it's not apples and apples. It's not, but so, but I don't, I don't know how it really measures, but my mind, even if it isn't, my mind thought they've got contact, potential contact of 7.3 million people. So is that why they're able to run these rounds of funding and they they have the support to kind of, you know, keep kind of managing to this because they actually have the potential ear of a large number of people. So there's value in I think I think there's also that could be part of it. But I, I, I think there's also just the longevity of this company. I mean, they've been around a long right. time. They're a known quantity uh, for some. And I think there's there's because of that, there's a little bit of comfort with it. You know, it's like, yeah. ah, well, they've right. been around. They know they know what they're doing. Right. But to me, the most interesting part and I you kind of you kind of glossed over it this time but you mentioned it in here that the the co-founder and CEO was stepping down talk about uh-huh. mirroring Peloton yeah like right. <laughs> what is happening right. the co-founder I mean he's been a part of the you know because I fit before they were called I fit they, they were Nordic track and 
they've been around for like 50 years. Right. So, I mean, he's he's been around all this time. And he's he's stepping down. He's going to be like co-president, I guess. I think they said <laughs> I, I think they're now on the hunt for a, a CEO. But yeah, they they're I mirroring. Hear, I hear Foley's time. looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle is Uncle Barry going to fix us and then go over there. Oh, you never know. Maybe he's going to buy them. He's oh. open to new platforms. <laughs> Somebody should. Somebody should Don't spend that money, Uncle Barry. Barry. <laughs> Don't you dare spend that money. <laughs> we will and have words. It also, <laughs> it also said in here that their valuation has dropped 60% in the last like year and a half. So it, again, another it, it, a lot of this just kind of mirrors, which tells me this is probably just relative to the connected fitness space. And just that surge that all of these players saw. And did anybody navigate that well? I mean, you don't hear this coming from like a tonal. I don't hear this coming from like a tempo. I I, I hear some stuff like this relative to some others, but not those. So I guess some folks played it well, I guess. To be to be fair, I mean, first of all, I have a great love of tonal and I'm going to speak to them specifically. But both tonal and tempo are kind of early in their growth cycle. So I think it's a lot easier to kind of pull back on those reins and be like, let's just see how this plays out versus Peloton, who was much further in that cycle whenever they had their big boom moment. And and even Nordic Track slash iFit, because they've been around so long. I I think I can understand why both of them got caught up in it. Yeah, that makes sense. That I I hadn't thought about in that context, but you're right. That makes a lot of sense. But it's clear those two, it, like it hit them when, I don't know, others, it may not have, like you said, maybe it was just due to their size or where they were at and their growth kind of. I don't know, path, because so. they, I mean, you know, it's also, I think that there's a lot of really good people over at Tonal who are, are being very careful. I think that they're, I think they're a little quieter and less bold about their their success. I think they kind of keep their, their cards a little closer to the vest. I think there's a slightly different culture at play there, too which I admire and am a fan of. Yeah. So I guess uh, we should also say moving along that you were doing some just kind of research like you do on other connected fitness equipment. And you noticed some some interesting kind of trends with how they're being treated. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much this says. It makes not say anything. But <laughs> but I I found these two reviews, one from CNET, another from Forbes. The Forbes one came out on February 17th. The CNET one came out on February 23rd. And they're, they're, they're reviewing connected fitness mirror type devices, right? Each one. So the first one that comes out, the Forbes one, is kind of high level. It's kind of generic. doesn't give you a lot of detail, right? But it comes to a conclusion that tempo from a mirror type device it sits on your wall perspective. Tempo is the most well-rounded. And then they came to the conclusion, but tonal is what you'd want if you're if you're really trying to do strength, like they they separate those two things, right? I found that interesting, um, and then they came to a conclusion like mirror is kind of a value play. Like I took their I took their terminology as meaning it's some good stuff. It's not the best. If you want a lower price, then get the mirror. And then both reviews, sorry, the first review, uh, Forbes one saw Echelon reflect as like, well, you know, that's budget. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't pay it any mind. Maybe get it. But that's the last one. Right. Right. That's how they saw it. Now, the CNET one comes out a week later, but it's much more detailed. It's like this individual 
purchased each one and for months tried each one. Like this was like lots of work that went into this review. It's really deep. In the end, the conclusion that this person comes to is exactly the same. The conclusion being that tempo's well-rounded, tonal's for strength, mirror's value, echelon, I leave that alone. <laughs> the exact same conclusion. So <laughs> it made me start thinking, I was, I was like, it's, I know tonal has all this, these other categories and all these other disciplines. Is there a perception issue going on here? Like, is it like out there that you get a tonal because you're trying to do strength? But well, if I, you're not and you're trying to do hit and cardio and yoga and stretching, then leave that aside because that tonal thing's for strength. Is that a perception that's out in the air here? I think right. I think it might be based yeah. on this, but uh, it's concerning to me because they do have so much other content. And um, and yes, it is. It is the best if you want to lift weights like hands down. But but like, there's a difference between there's a difference between it's the best if you you want to do weights versus it's the best for weightlifters. Like, do you know what I mean? Like. It, yeah, it does yeah. both really well. You you can still get incredible cardio content on that thing. I mean, right. And they've got, I mean, Tom, that one class that you were doing that cardio in Fuego, like yeah. it is legit hit cardio and it's like 30 right. minutes. It is a tough yeah. class. And then they have all these other things they're and doing. I'm sure there are tougher ones because I, I promise you, I picked it by accident. <laughs> like I, I was not trying to pick a tough one. And then, the, and then I'm halfway through and I'm like, what have I done? So, yeah, I, I honestly, I feel like. When it comes to that, like, I would think tonal would be your best bet because you can get right. all the same content from that you get from a tempo and right. you and. can actually lift weights with it. And you get the AI on top of it. Right. You get the amazing AI where it just adds weights for you. This you is don't... not a commercial. We no. promise you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's what struck me. Everything you guys got to say, that's what struck me. I got two separate reviewers and one I could kind of let go. Like I, the Forbes one, I could I was, it was it was initial. It was the first one I saw. It was very thin. The second one is so detailed, and they both came to the same conclusion. That made me go, "Wow!" I, so here's and, my, and the person. That's another thing. The, the the CNET reviewer was like avid tonal like proponent. Like, well, that's they love their tonal. Like they already had a tonal. So it, maybe they were just so happy with the strength peep. That's why they came to that conclusion. I don't so know. Here's my but, theory. And my theory is that. These other ones are all kind of versions of the same thing. And then you get tonal, which does a lot of the same stuff, if not all the same stuff. And but also has this other component that's wildly different. And I think the reviewers right. get so fixated on this wildly different aspect. They, they forget about they forget or don't even think to explore the other avenues because they because they feel like, well, if I'm not using the arms and the handles and the then way I'm then not I'm really not, using it, I'm not really using the machine. Oh, yeah. I right. I 100% agree with that. that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's that disturbing. Tonal, you guys need to to look into this because we can't have perception issues for tonal. We, yeah. we love yeah, you guys. It seemed like it clearly seemed like there's a perception thing or 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 such a love for that electromagnetic weight thing that they forget the about the other stuff. Are just just like focus like directly on that and it seems like something got lo gets lost in each of these reviews because of that. It's kind of really odd. Hmm. Yeah. Well, but, and then Echelon at the end was kind of funny. Yeah. One of the reviews just said, yeah, uh, don't buy it. That's all. It <laughs> <laughs> well, so they didn't get everything what? wrong. 
did did you guys see that they have a feature coming out? Uh, it's like feature, but spelled F I T. And that uh, the reason I find that interesting is because it's a mirror like device, but it's from like one of our our Peloton instructors who has not worked at Peloton for a long time, Lisa Nyron, who we also interviewed on the show a long time ago. But she is working at Fitcher now. So I'm curious to see oh. what happens with that. I'm I'm a little uh, concerned about the company just because I feel like that market is getting so saturated so quickly. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how things go with that one. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that one. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. It does. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for uh, for joining us again. Until next week, where can people find you? They can find me on my Facebook group or page, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on Instagram, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on the Tickety Talk, Run, Lift, and Live. My favorite. Or they can find me at runliftandlive.com. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, John. Nice seeing you guys. You t- if you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs. And you are certainly sacrificing taste, texture, size. Yes. None of that with Hero Bread. No, because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs, they have like no substance to it. It's like eating air. It is. And Hero Bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread. Like I did not feel like I was giving up something. I was surprised at how big each slice of bread was. Here's the real test of a piece of bread. (laughs) I didn't make a sandwich with these. I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Man, oh man, do you love your AG1? I really do. You do. It's a wonderful tasting drink, and it also makes me feel good. Like, it's a great way to start the day. Uh, you know, I grew up, my dad always had things like tomato juice first thing in the right. morning. I feel like AG1 is my tomato juice. <laughs> <laughs> this generation's V8. Yes, I, I do. Uh, but I love the way it makes me feel. It's like I get all of my vitamins, and I'm ready for the day just with a drink. And like I said, it's a good tasting drink. And it can help replace your your multivitamin just by drinking an AG1 every day. Yes. And not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. It also has vitamin C and zinc to support my immune health. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year support of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash clipout. That's drinkag1.com slash clipout. Check it out. Getting the psychological edge with Dr. Jen. 
So joining us once again via the magic of Zoom 2 is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from VH1's Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen or her long-running radio show, The Dr. Jen Show. She's written four best-selling books, including The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hi. Oh, so good to have you here. Now, this first question requires a little bit of background, Uh just in case uh, you or some of our listeners have not heard all of our interviews and episodes. Um, This question is about a recent interview we did um, with Megan Pace. I should stop here and say anyone listening who is triggered by eating disordered questions, this might this might be something you want to skip past. So we had Megan Pace on and she talked about how when she was younger, there were some things that happened in her life that that triggered eating disorders for her. And this Mm -hmm. question comes from a mom who uh, she says that her mama heart is hurting. Uh, Listening to today's guest makes me terrified for my seven year old. She tries very hard to form healthy eating and workout habits for her girls. Her seven-year-old is just a bigger kid. Uh, She's very active. She does cheer four days a week. Plus, she loves it so much, she's always playing music and dancing in their living room. But listening to this guest talk about her childhood and how it shaped her eating disorder made this woman worry about how it would affect her child, her baby. Uh, So her question for you, Dr. Jen, how can she help her daughter form a healthy relationship with her body? She does... FYI, already tell her that she's strong and it's important to be strong for her team. And she has shown her videos of cheerleaders that she looks up to. So she does know. Um, I love this question. And I love that this mom is so mindful and wants to do prevention. Prevention is a lot easier than once things have gone awry. The number one thing that I really want to emphasize to moms and especially moms who are Peloton fanatics like me and you know tonal people and and exercise people is that the most important thing that you can do is to model good healthy behavior and self-talk one of the biggest things that i see moms do that creates problems for their kids especially their daughters is a lot of negative self-talk about their own body oh my butt's so big oh my thighs oh my this oh my that Talking about things you don't like about your body in front of your child is a massive no-no. Like, do not do that. I remember years ago, I did a, a segment on the Tyra Banks show where it was all kids under the age of 10 who had eating disorders. And every single one of those kids had a parent who spent time in the mirror criticizing their body. And that's where they learned it from. Oh, wow. Wow. Modeling healthy behavior in terms of the way you talk about yourself, the way you talk about your body in front of your child is key. Having a healthy relationship with food yourself. And if you don't, then do the work in therapy, work with a a dietitian or nutritionist who specializes in eating disorders, who knows about what I call intuitive eating, which is where you learn to listen to your body, to eat when you're hungry, to stop when you're satisfied, to eat without restriction, which as you all know, I'm a big fan of, I have an app called No More Diets. It's all about how to do that. So that is another key thing. And then also really to be mindful of messages from the outside world. You can't control what is said at school. You can't control what their friends do. 
What you can control, though, is what media you have on in your house, how much you monitor your young children on their social media, paying attention to things that they're looking at, having conversations if you see things that are fat shaming or are diet mentality where people are talking about good foods and bad foods, which is also a no-no, that we don't want food to have all of this emotional meaning. Sure, there's some food that has more nutrition in it than others, but it's also important emotionally that sometimes we eat those foods that are fun foods that don't have as much nutrition and shaming your child for it or having your child hear you talk about, oh, I'm being bad. I'm being so bad with what I'm eating, that that is something that really contributes to eating disorders and a lot of negative relationships with food. Okay, so make sure that you're not talking about yourself badly, but also make sure you're not labeling foods as bad as well. Yeah. Okay. It creates a lot of shame around food for kids, which then can oftentimes create restricting. And we also know that the more kids restrict and adults, the more out of control that we become with foods when we are then exposed to foods. Makes perfect sense. So when you talk about like kind of keep an eye on the sorts of shows they watch, I feel like society has kind of really come around on this topic. Is it is it still as prevalent? Like, like what shows maybe don't want to like actually name check a show, but what sorts of shows out there are still doing those sorts of things? I mean, look, I'm not watching a lot of kids shows since I now have teenagers. Sure. Um, It's one of the upsides. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But there are some shows that involve kids doing dancing, performing where there is some criticism of their body. Okay. Okay. You notice that to have conversations or to change the channel or to put on a different show. And I also think that that it's important as parents to utilize when our kids are exposed to something that may be troubling or not really cool, to utilize that to open up conversations. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good idea. Help our child to know what to do with that information they just received. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that, those wonderful tips and for joining us. Until next time, where can people find you? Um, well, you can find my column in InStyle Magazine, Hump Day with Dr. Jen, and you can find me on all social media at Dr. Jen Mann, to ends on Jen, to ends on man. And for anyone who is struggling with this issue, I also have an app called No More Diets. It's all about how to become an intuitive eater. Thank you. Awesome. Clip out. One of the great ways to make exercise more palatable is to make it more fun. That is true. Which is where Fight Camp comes in. It really blurs the line between fitness and gaming. It does because it challenges you every time you take a class to beat the number of average punches. And it has the trackers that come with your gloves. You buy them. And when every time you punch, it tracks your punches. So you constantly are trying to do better. And uh, so it's you against you. It's you against the average. It's really fun. And there's a leaderboard. We know you love leaderboards. I do love my leaderboards. Also, I love Fight Camp that I actually get to punch something. I have a hard time with traditional shadow boxing because it's not as satisfying to me. So being able to actually hit a bag and have direction on excellent direction on how to do it is great. Fight Camp comes with all the gear you need to start boxing from home, including a freestanding punching bag, boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and the smart punch trackers that Crystal mentioned earlier. And it takes up less space than you think. If you have enough room to do a push-up, you got enough room to do a Fight Camp. 
Yes, and you, these workouts maximize efficiency. So it's all high-intensity interval training, so you can get an excellent workout in, in as little as 20 minutes, perfect to add on to an existing workout. If you have little to no boxing experience, Fight Camp has your back. They've created programs specifically designed to teach you the basics of boxing and kickboxing. Fight Camp offers easy payments so you can get your equipment and get started now. You pay over 24 months for less than the cost of a gym membership. Plus, Fight Camp offers free shipping with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Just go to fightcamp.com slash clip. To get free shipping on your Fight Camp, go to fightcamp.com slash clip. Fightcamp.com slash clip. Peloton in the news. Homecoming has been officially announced. It is May 13th and 14th, only two days this year, all virtual. Lots and lots of interesting stuff to come. Uh, Been a lot of talk about the fact that when this was first announced, it showed up on everybody's bike and it had a QR code. And whenever you used your phone to go to the QR code, there was a picture of Adele saying, hello. (laughs) So does that mean Adele will be a key... um, Maybe not necessarily like showing up to talk to us, although that would be amazing. But what if what if it's like an artist collaboration? And yeah, maybe I, she is going to talk to us. I don't know. I would think if she if it's an artist collaboration of some kind, then she's going to engage if they're pushing her at that level, even if it's pre-recorded and they just tell us it's live. Oh yeah, it would, <laughs> I bet it would be pre-recorded just yeah. based on how last year went down. Um, I would say that as well. Pretty cool though. Yeah. NBC News this week had an article kind of uh, once again rehashing all of Peloton's missteps over the last uh, year-ish. Was there anything new in here? Or just the more the, the only same? reason that I included this was because they made a note about the fact that John Foley staying involved at any level raises some doubt about the road ahead. Really, the rest of it is rehash. Um, gotcha. Even that is kind of rehash, but I thought it was interesting that they had some people quoted where they they had the the doubt listed in there. Gotcha. We so, shall see. We shall. So some positive news. Woo! Peloton headquarters wins a Fitwell Impact Award. Yeah, the uh, headquarters in New York City was named winner of the 2022 Impact Award as the Health Building Certification System recognized the top innovations that promote occupant health and wellness throughout the building environment. So um, they, you know, whenever they changed everything over, they made sure they did a whole lot of things that were really good for people wellness and for the environment. So they got rid of office cubicles, replaced them with collaborative workspaces indoors and out, added barista bars and kitchens on every floor, and also added an employee gym. Um, And then, of course, there's been a lot more people coming back to the office because they updated the offices. (laughs) So it'll be, uh, I can't wait till we all can go and visit someday. That would be cool. Absolutely. So do you think the employee gym has anything in it besides bikes and treads? The old one did. Did it? I thought it was interesting. They said they added an employee gym because the um, the old building did. However, for all I know, that was only for the instructors because the instructors need to stay fit to be able to do their job. Right. So it's a little bit of a different situation. I don't know. I, I would also think this one would be larger than the one. The other one was very tiny at the old building. Um, so I would think this one that's like for all of the employees would mm-hmm. need to be significantly larger. 
Tech Radar has a uh, review of the Peloton Tread, and it's positively glowing. It is. It says that it's a smart, feature-rich treadmill that's worth every dollar, and they gave it four and a half out of five stars. Wow, I wonder what it did to cost itself that half a star. It's heavy. It's pricey even for a premium treadmill. It's bulky. It doesn't have a fan, and it doesn't fold. I these are very very minor againsts. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Pricey is not minor. Price. I, yeah. I kind of skimmed that, over that one, but I mean, you pro- already know it. Right. The pricey is <laughs> probably the worst one because heavy. I'm like, do you really move your treadmill around all that much? Maybe in in apartment living, like you do, it's more important to have something that folds up. I think we're pretty spoiled in that regard yeah. since we live in the Midwest. We have so much space that it's just not a big deal. Yeah. But I do think that people that live in small spaces that are used to things like folding treadmills, I think that is that is a big deal to them. That makes sense. It does. Coachmag.co.uk decided to test out the Peloton apparel. I thought this was interesting. It wasn't just a review about what it looked like. They're like, we're going to actually wear this stuff and work out and see how it works. I thought it was funny, though, because it's like we took a spin class and shocking. These leggings stayed put. Well, I mean, you don't move around that much on a spin bike. (laughs) I've never worn leggings that didn't. Now, leggings on on a run, that is a whole different ball game. But uh, it just kind of cracked me up. Uh, They were very they were very complimentary, though. I didn't see anything negative about them at all. And they call it a kit over in the the UK. And they said that it was it was great for the tread as well. I I have to say that I never have a problem with Peloton gear. I know people have said that it's not as good since they moved over to their own branding. I disagree. I don't have any problems with it. I will also say full transparency. I have become a huge fan of Beyond Yoga and I wear it pretty much every day at this point. Stopped buying the Peloton clothes. I'm in love with Beyond Yoga. Like y'all need a sponsor because I'm (laughs) I'm here. I love it. It's comfortable. It stays put. And um, it just feels like you're wearing jammies all day. Since I get to work from home, that's become more and more important to me. I will also point out that you said the uck and I didn't, which means it's officially on its way to becoming a thing. (laughs) I don't know that having one other person finally give in to you means that it's on its way to becoming a thing. That's how it starts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love how you just waited till I got done with my tirade just to say that you were waiting till I was done to say it. I, isn't that polite? Should I have interrupted you? No, but you also weren't hearing me. <laughs> well, in my defense, you were talking about leggings. I was talking about all clothes, not just leggings. It could be a bra. Well, okay, but how would I know? I wasn't listening. Look at this adorable pullover from Beyond Yoga. I, I'm not getting paid for this. This is just that adorable that I will wear it. And it's soft. It's like wearing a cloud. I love it. Clip out. So joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Angelo from MetPro here to answer all of your carefully crafted nutrition questions. Hello. Hi, hey guys. Thanks for having me back. What an what an intro that that was, Tom, because um, this what? question, it's it, well, I did something right. It was on accident. I promise. Well, it's just that it's not, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's from Alan Nager and he says, my struggle is that I have no idea what the heck to eat and when to eat it. And he didn't say heck. <laughs> 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 Got it. All right, Alan. So that that was the extent of his question. It was. That was, that was it. 
<laughs> you know, the problem is you don't want to put Tom and I on a podcast with an open-ended question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this could go anywhere You're now. Nothing but beans and pork rinds the rest of your life, Alan. <laughs> I mean, because I know I'll how you that. tell Tom to eat, so you could be real specific. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's giving us a little too much freedom here. <laughs> uh, Alan, um, so what to eat? Uh, so the, it, here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a priority hierarchy. So if you were to call me and say, help me get healthy, help me get fit. The first thing I would do is have a strategy call with you about goal setting. What are you trying to accomplish? Because that is going to dramatically impact how to answer that question. What should I eat? And it's worth a, a mild side rant on this topic because <clears throat> there's so much information that we're bombarded with. You know, the, the articles on the Internet, the news feed, the, the latest um, you know, uh, celebrity health plan. And they're all different from one another. And it's not that one is right and one is wrong or that there's a good and there's a bad, but it's often presented as no matter what your question is, here's the solution. And that's not always the case. In other words, oh, you want to lose weight? You want to improve in performance? You want to do that? Well, eat vet more vegetables. They're high in nutrients. Vegetables are good. But you see, that that's not going to be the first thing I'm going to tell you if you say, hey, I'm, a, you know, a marathon runner and I'm looking to, you know, hit a PR and this, that and the other. Or, hey, I'm 50 pounds overweight and I really need to start a healthy lifestyle that will include some rapid weight loss. Or, hey, I've lost a bunch of weight and now I'm looking to get that last five to 10 pounds, but I'm plateaued and I'm stuck and I need help getting that next the approach is going to be different for each person. So the, where we need to start is what is your primary goal? And then I'm going to encourage you to hyper-focus that goal. Don't do it to the exclusion of items number two, three, four on your priority list. Do it to where you're focused enough to be able to check the box and say, I've made some meaningful progress toward that goal. Now I'm going to add my second priority or my, and my third priority one at a time, slowly adding, because I've learned the magic number of changes a person can make at once. I've been coaching for 20 years. The magic number is one, <laughs> one thing at a time. People say, hey, well, you know, I can do more than that. I'm like, I know you can't go do it quickly. Come back to me. Hey, you want to check that off the list? You can check that off the list the next two hours. Come back to me and I'll give you your next assignment and the assignment after that. Because when we focus on one thing at a time, we can do it really well. Maintain that healthy habit and then move forward. Suppose Alan would like a few more specifics, though. Yes, I'm thinking. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah, Most likely. probably. He's funny Some that way. <laughs> So action steps, Alan, if I had to give you a uh, suggestion, number one is obviously we want to eliminate the junk food, eat more clean foods. And here's the best way to start. Start with a healthy mid-afternoon snack and breakfast. And I always couple those two. If you've listened to me on this podcast before, you hear me talk about the marriage between those two a lot. And it's because from a lifestyle standpoint, uh, when I can get someone to eat a clean breakfast and pack a simple on-the-go clean afternoon snack, something as simple as fruit and nuts 
can be that easy. What it does is it is a disruptive behavior that has a very potent effect for the good in your lifestyle. People place, in my opinion, a little too much emphasis on the willpower aspect uh, and not enough emphasis on the routine aspect. So um, a story that I'm sure I've shared at least once or twice before here uh, on the clip out is I have two clients. Client A um, says, Angelo, I packed my lunch. I had my healthy breakfast. I had my snacks already lined up for the week and I ate everything right. But on my way home from work, I stopped at grandma's house. She made fresh apple pie and I had a piece. Mm. I I figured I'd pause there for Crystal's reaction. (laughs) Client B says, Angelo, I I was short on time. Uh, You know, I didn't have anything prepared. I didn't have any snacks ready to go, but I managed to eat healthy all day long and I didn't eat a single, uh, a single bad thing today. B, client A. (laughs) Become client A, not client B. I can't do anything with client B, neither can you. So if you're client B, if you're the person who's taking it one day at a time and just simply saying, well, I'm holding my breath and trying to make all the right choices, think back and ask yourself, has that worked long term for you in the past? If your answer is no, then really focus on establishing a routine. I don't mind if you have the apple pie once in a while or you have the deviation once in a while from your routine. If you have a good foundation, and to me, I define that as, okay, we have a routine when it comes to breakfast, a routine when it comes to an afternoon snack, and quality habits around lunch and dinner. Once those things are in place, Alan, you're going to be able to make great progress. And then it's simply a lever that you can tune up where you eat more quantity, protein, quality carbs, um, healthy fats, vegetables, fruits. You can tune up to increase your intake if you want to build muscle and increase your body mass, or you can tune down, reducing first uh, any sort of excess sugars or fried foods. Second, Uh, complex carbs. Uh, Third would be any fats and last would be touching proteins. And that would be the order you would slowly start slowly decreasing uh, if your goal is to lose weight. Uh, And if if you want to experience that fine-tuned, well, uh, we can help you with that too. So start with goals, Alan. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, and let him know exactly where he can go if he wants to find out. Metpro.co slash TCO. And I would visit with you myself, Alan. Just reach out to us. That is, that's a, that's a big offer there. That is. So he better jump on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me guys. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? <laughs> well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles. 
for your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30 30- day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Instructors in the news. Well, Anna Greenberg had a pretty big announcement. Boy, did she. Uh, So I've been hearing lots and lots about Anna Greenberg uh, saying that she is going to be making an announcement this week. Uh, Maybe we shouldn't say anything. Maybe we should let her say it. Okay, let's do it. Lengthen out. You've only got to go as far as you've got to go here. And as we move towards the end of our practice, can keep whoever you dedicated your practice to in your heart. And I would love to share with you that I've dedicated this practice to my baby, who I'm growing right now. Many of you have guessed, and I'm so happy to share it. I feel really nervous, (laughs) very excited. And I also feel this expansive love starting to grow. My greatest hope is that the strength of my love can help my baby to be whoever they want to be. So we have another pillow baby in the works. How sweet is that? And, you know, so many people listened to our interviewee last week, Erica McLean. Yeah, we uh, right. And she she did this reading for Peloton. And uh, one of the things she said was we're going to have more pillow babies. And the very next week after she airs, boom, pillow baby. There you go. And, you know, the, the power funny, of the clip out. The funny thing is, is that she was uh, Anna Greenberg was pregnant shortly after we actually recorded that episode. <laughs> so because we recorded it several weeks ago. Yeah, there's and a little so, bit of a lag time yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's uh, that's even funnier to me. <laughs> that's that's a lot of power to, to wield. Erica, be careful with that power. Careful what you say. <laughs> we need to make T-shirts. Your podcast got me pregnant. <laughs> Let's send one to Anna Greenberg. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to get it in maternity size, though, so she can wear it right over her little bump. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure the father of that baby would love that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That seems that seems like a likely thing. (laughs) Men's Journal sat down with uh, Cody uh, Rigsby. How do you say this? It's <laughs> Honey, I, you have been on this podcast for five years. It's, I feel like it's been forever since we've talked about Cody. It was funny because he was in, I, I'm being silly, but he was in the news like nonstop because of Dancing with the Stars. And it, it feels like it's been a little bit since we've had a Cody Rixby story. Well, it has. I didn't know it was long enough. You didn't know his name. <laughs> Poor Cody. Yeah, because he... I know listens or gives a shit right yeah well uh, so men's journal did sit down with him and talked about his healthy lifestyle while traveling I guess he had a whole lot of it while he was headed back and forth with dancing with the stars so uh, he would be able to give lots of good tips for that Um, he did have some great tips in this article so if you will be traveling this spring and summer uh, then definitely check it out lots of good tips for you yeah when you're looking for health tips I always start with the guy who got COVID twice (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Not his fault. He was vaccinated. No, he did the thing. He did it, all and, the things. And it does happen. I was just being silly. I know. But we will be added at Tom, not me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, and please add me on Instagram because I don't pay attention to that. Yeah. yeah. It was a joke. Calm down. <laughs> the list.com has a conversation about bar versus Pilates. What's the difference? Yeah, I like this article because it is something that people ask a lot. I mean, there are some big differences in how you like one focuses more on your abdominal muscles and one focuses more on your legs. But but you get benefits to both. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, At any rate, there's quotes in here from two instructors of two Peloton instructors, one being Hannah Corbin, the other being Allie Love. Uh, So if you are fans of either, you might want to check this out. Or if you just like bar and Pilates and you want to understand it more great article to check out absolutely and uh speaking of hannah she had a post this week kind of looking back she did so uh, i guess her and jess king are celebrating eight years at peloton she says i still remember sitting down in rehearsal with jess king talking about whether or not we were going to go to this quote-unquote peloton audition Mm -hmm. we had heard about Dot, dot, dot. Eight years later, I'm sure glad we did. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. Life changing for those ladies. Jermaine Johnsoek. Isn't that how you say that? No. No. What is happening this week? It says it right here. Jermaine Johnsoek. That is his Instagram name. Jermaine Johnson UK. Uh, Okay. Well, agree to disagree. All right. They're different. (laughs) Poor Jermaine. Also, Again, because he listens or gives a shit. True. Also, just so you know, everyone is now taken to calling him JJ, which in my world, since we've had another instructor that everyone yeah. called JJ, it's kind of confusing. But uh, that other instructor is not at Peloton any longer. So I guess we're just going to focus on Jermaine being JJ. And I'm going to have to I'm going to have to just deal with that. I guess. Uh, well, at any rate, Jermaine had some exciting news this week. He taught his very first strength class. And uh, it was a 20 minute premiere class Uh, Now Jermaine's been an instructor for a while But this is the first time he taught strength So he will be teaching strength from now on out of the UK Congrats to Jermaine He was very excited about it Camilla Ramon has a uh, special Spotify playlist for people. Yeah, it's going to be featured in the Workout Peloton Hub this month. And she says that it will keep you going strong during your next hype workout, or you can use it to get down. I believe that means easy dancing at your house. Um, My Spanish is a little rusty, though. Ah. But anyway, uh, you can start listening to these beats 30 minutes before your scheduled class for an almost guaranteed PR. And uh, while we're talking about Spotify, we have a couple other playlists. We do. Uh, an interesting team up. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Jess King and Maddie Majacomo. Not because there's anything wrong with either of them. It's just they have such different personalities. Yeah. I don't even know how I need to listen to this. But uh, it's it's a whole playlist they put together together. So that's kind of crazy to me. They have very, very different musical tastes. <laughs> And then also we have a Bex Gentry and Susie Chan playlist. Yeah. Now, this one makes a little more sense to me. It's easier for my brain to be able to wrap around Bex and Susie Chan. They have a whole playlist. This one has 42 songs and two hours and 52 minutes. By the way, it already has almost 7,000 likes on it. How many did uh, Maddie's have? Maddie and Jess. Oh, only 1279. Y'all, we need to get over there and like some playlists. It's a contest now. Yeah. Yeah. We got to support Maddie and Jess. 
So Bradley Rose's wife was featured in Forbes magazine. Yes. Sophia Para is a social media strategist who specializes in helping coaches get more clients, boost meaningful engagement and create profitable online communities. Congrats. And uh, she will teach you four ways that using DMs can increase profits as well as foster meaningful connection. Very fancy. Mm hmm. And finally, for this segment, uh, Women's History Month is now upon us, and DJ John Michael was showing some support with the with a special Instagram post and T-shirt. Yeah, this just seemed like a great way to kick off Women's uh, History Month. Women don't owe you shit. <laughs> I uh, love that T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I I do have one woman who owes me some back child support, but uh, I get the larger point. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty specific kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. In general, women don't owe you shit. That is absolutely true. (laughs) In case you missed it. So uh, you have some classes that you want to kind of pump. Yeah, there are some some classes I feel that you should not miss this week. Uh, I got a lot of feedback from our our listeners. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them was the Rebecca Kennedy Premier Hiking Boot Camp, which I took today live. Tons of fun. And if you thought that you could not get a good workout hiking versus running, let me assure you, you're wrong. Uh, that workout kicked my butt and uh, I was dying on the floor when it was over. It premiered on 3-2, so make sure you take that. Also make sure you do not miss Alex and Tune Day Black History Month Block Party 2 for 1 ride. It premiered on February 28th. It was a blast. This has become a yearly tradition and I am here for it. Also, we already talked about Jeremiah Johnson's premier strength class that took place on 3-1. People are also looking forward to Matt Wilper's 60-minute power zone class this weekend and Cody's XOXO ride from 3-1. Also, you have a uh, special two-for-one ride yeah. with Hannah and Leanne. Yeah, Hannah, Hannah's Push Push crew, uh, they alerted me to this post that there was a two-for-one ride that's taking place on March 6th, uh, and it'll be 8 a.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Uck. Uh, <laughs> 30 minutes. It's a thing. <laughs> 30 minutes with Leanne and Hannah Frankson, and I believe this is the second year in a row they have done that, so very exciting for those two ladies as well. This picture makes it look like they're about to sing Lady Marmalade. I, I thought it was Marmalade. <laughs> well, I'm fancy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then Callie Gullickson has a strength stack for the month of March. Yes, she is leading the strength stack this month. And uh, so she has, she did an Instagram where she went through all the different workouts that she is going to be doing each day. So you can get an idea of what you have to look forward to this this month. But specifically, the Instagram post was about this week. Good luck, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and then speaking of Callie, uh, she also had an Instagram post worth uh discussing she did yeah I, I enjoyed that she talked about um i guess a lot of people give her comments and say things about the fact that she wears bright colors that seemingly have nothing to do with each other mm-hmm. uh like in the image that we're showing she's wearing the new gingham collection on top that's like the pink and white and then she's got a uh, bright green and yellow on the bottom she talks about the fact that when she was younger uh, she went through a time period where she just kind of hid herself and kind of tried to blend in and uh, found out eventually that's not a good thing for her, uh, that she needs to be who she is. And part of who she is is wearing bright colors. It kind of is like symbolic of her being herself is the point. And I love that, especially as we kick off Women's History Month. 
And then finally, Andy Spear has uh, some spring training in store for you. Yeah, it's going to be all during the month of March and April. And it starts on Thursday, March 3rd. So by the time you get this, it's already going to be out. There will be all kinds of training. There's going to be running. He's going to be doing body weight strength, but it's going to get you in shape for summer. So this week, starting off a live run on March 2nd, an OD drop on 3-4, which is a 20-minute inter- intermediate hit run. And then uh, on demand, going back in time, September 28th, a 20-minute inter- intermediate body weight strength class. So lots to look forward to. That's just week one. Oof. Mm-hmm. Peloton Artist Collaboration. The latest artist series features Labyrinth. Uh, my apologies to any David Bowie fans out there. <laughs> That's not the Labyrinth they mean. No, it is not. It is not. But um, I know nothing about this this uh, artist. I hate that. I hate it. I feel so old when I don't know these artist series. I've heard the name Labyrinth, but it's not like I could go, oh, it's this song. Right. Or that song. I don't know it. But a lot of people are looking forward to it. Well, and you know, that's <laughs> I know that's I know. the beauty of the platform. We talk about all the time. They have so many people that like if everything was for us, that would be a bad thing. Absolutely. Let me just be clear. The only reason I, I hate that I don't know about it is because I can't talk to it to give any information. Right. I should have looked it up and I didn't. I had some other things going on. <laughs> Checking in with the Peloton community. Join us today via the magic of ZoomTube. Very excited because as we've established on the show, I'm a pop culture guy. I'm a comedy nerd. Yes, you are. As also just a regular nerd. And so today's guest, Justin Noble, he wrote for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He wrote for Never Have I Ever, which is a Netflix original, and it's delightful. So good. We've watched it all (laughs) before we knew you were going to be on the show. Yes, yes. So we didn't, wasn't homework. (laughs) And then he also is now the showrunner for the Max original, The Sex Lives of College Girls. It's Justin That's Noble. Me. Hey, how's yeah. it going? Good. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time out of a very, very busy day. I, you said that you're gearing up for season two right now and you're doing all the writing room stuff. Yeah, we're underway. We're two weeks in, plus one day into season two, coming up with what's next. How exciting. Nice. I can't wait to see what you guys do with season two. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. I mean, he's like, do you have any ideas? He's like, tell me about your college sex life. Yeah, what might you like if it happened? Would you think was so cool? Well, I wouldn't want to air my ideas on the podcast, you know, because if you decided to use them, then everybody would know what was going to happen. It's actually one of the biggest bummers. It's like when people pitch ideas, I'm like, damn it. Now, like, I can't even do that if I wanted to, because it looks like I stole it. (laughs) (laughs) So so whenever anyone's like, I got a pitch for you, I'm like, please don't. please don't. (laughs) So how did you come to comedy writing? How did you get there? I was just always a big old comedy nerd. I like yourself. I grew up always just wanting to like make people laugh, sometimes successfully, sometimes not, I'm (laughs) sure. And then so my college experience is like, you know, there's a little bit of me in each of the characters, of course, and Mindy, of course, as well. But like Bella, the character who's like so obsessed with comedy, like we both relate to so deeply. Like when I got to college, my first question was, what is the easiest major here? Because I just want to join a bunch of the comedy groups. Like, that's <laughs> what I want to do moving forward. So, yeah, I just like pursued it and then sort of didn't pursue it that hard for a while. Partied a little in like New York and L.A. thinking I was pursuing it. Just like <laughs> in those cities. 
Yeah. And then just wrote some scripts and got them in front of people and got lucky enough to get into a writer's room. Wow. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize like what a pipeline to the comedy world. Those college humor magazines, I'm sure they're probably websites these days can be. Yeah, a lot of them are like Instagram now. I actually didn't do one of those magazines. Mm-hmm. Mindy did at Dartmouth, but does she rub yeah. it in? Does she rub? No, it over? no, 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 she does not. She does not. Like one of the most fun things about the whole show is like we were starting to talk about like doing this, and without fail, of course, as two people who talk about college, like so much of us, like this was my experience, and then went to this place, and we were in this club, and we did this thing, and after a while, we realized. We don't know what the hell each other are talking about because we didn't go to school together. So we did a research trip where I took her to my alma mater and showed her around. And then she took me to hers. And we met with like all these like kids from these groups that we were once in. That's awesome. Like, and also, we just wanted to make sure we're doing like the 2021, 2022 version of the show. Yeah. As opposed to like our memory from like, you know, not those years. Right. Not too (laughs) long ago. Remember that time I lost my swatch guard? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my paper is late. I need to get that pigeon over here fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I spilled Crystal Pepsi all over my homework. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a very specific period of time. That's like an 18 month window. In That's the right. That's yes. right. Wow. That's why I picked. It. Yeah. Wow. 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 But the best part I love about that story about you guys taking this trip to each other's colleges is like they paid you to do that. Like hat tip, like you pay, you got paid to, uh, to do that. They didn't, <laughs> you they can, didn't. but you can write it off, right? In the show costs, write it off. Yeah. No, we did, so I can say I, with certainty, I wrote it off. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I mean it was like blatant work for sure, but no, that was a uh, you know research is just part of the nature of it. I think if we were doing it again. We could be like, hey, we need to do this different way this time. And they would probably help us out. (laughs) I did it for free. I did it for free because I happened to be there right before the show came out. I was like, because I premiered the first episode for the first time at my college two weeks before the show came out. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. And so I like kind of made that into a little research trip where I was like, "Ah, I I hope this show works. I hope we get a second season. So I'll do some research while I'm here. And yeah. Oh, that's really that's cool. Neat. So season three takes place in Paris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, it, takes, it takes place in a, it takes place in a super expensive house. Right. <laughs> all about it being the title being transferred to my name. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like where the research going. purposes. Of yes. course. Of the course. Sex Lives of College Girls Malibu edition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're from the Midwest. That's the only expensive part of California. You nailed it. Know. You nailed yeah. it. It's, it's a nice spot. Yeah. Oh, wait. Come out. The other day and got a turkey sandwich and then drove home. <laughs> <laughs> Did you at least look at the beach while you were there? No, 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 just a very expensive like shopping center. Oh. And then, yeah, that was it. Oh. My husband went to college in Malibu. So, oh. like we, so he has some connection there. And so we just go up there sometimes. I didn't even know they had a college in Malibu. Yeah, Pepperdine. Oh, oh I didn't. I didn't know I didn't, the name Pepperdine. I didn't yeah. know that's where it was located. Yeah, I've yeah never Pepperdine has this like, like beautiful campus in Malibu. It's like rolling hills that literally overlook the ocean in Malibu. That's cool. Wow, I can't yeah. even imagine what that must cost. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we had like rolling waves of rats. Like <laughs> yeah, when I went to college. It was very different. <laughs> 
A lot of dirt. See, we're in St. Louis. It's like this college overlooks a meth lab. Like that's what we've yeah. got going on. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Some to, of them. Good to yeah. represent lots of different different things, you know? So yeah. I have to get to Peloton, Tom. Yes. I know. Yes. I know. Eventually yeah. we have to talk about Peloton. Yeah. She makes me. <laughs> I do. So how long have you had your Peloton? We are pretty early adopters. We had it in October of 18 or 19. Oh. I don't know. What year did it come out? It, what year? Well, you know, um, if you go all the way back. You just ask the historian. <laughs> I, I have the, all of the history. So if you want to go back to when the company was founded is 2012. The Kickstarter wow. started coming out in 2014. The OGs oh. are considered the 2015. And so, so okay, 2008. So I'm not that O. I'm not that O. <laughs> but, but we feel like as time has passed, now the defining like date of, of early, early adoption was before the pandemic. So yeah. you were well oh, before I'm that. Well before yeah. that. Well before. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. As we chat, I'm going to scroll back in time and get a firm answer for you. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> although searching for Peloton in your email and scrolling backwards, it's yes. scary. It's yeah. going to take a long time. I know. I've, I've scrolled many pages and I'm like, it's yesterday still. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should just look at your profile and go to your first class. Can you do a sort so it goes backwards? Hey, <laughs> there's a lot of classes in there too. Ah, okay? yeah. No, no. That's, that's how many classes are you up to these days? Uh, like I have to check that too. Okay, I'm, I'm not sorry. that up on my numbers. I should have <laughs> should have brought my Your little show prep. <laughs> well, Let's, to be fair, I didn't easy. send him an okay. email with questions. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we are, we're looking at the profile now. We're looking at workouts. Oh, here we go. 1,174. Nice. Hey, you're about to have a little milestone there. Next class. You're going to have a milestone. A milestone. That's right. I'm getting really close to my 1,000 cycling. I'm at 967 cycling. Oh, exciting. Yeah, 1,000 is a big one. That is definitely a big celebration. It's probably like the last big one, right? I'm not going to hit 10,000, I don't think. I mean, I think every 1,000 is a pretty big one. So like if you hit 1,000, you hit 2,000. I still think that's Fair a enough. big one. Yeah. Fair Even enough. 1,500, yeah. I think is a big one. That's oh, a good wow. one. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think I won't be able to find this, but it was in October. I remember okay. that. Okay. Well, we'll just say October of 18. But pre-pandemic, so that's you didn't true. jump on the pandemic bandwagon. You were... No, I jumped on the pandemic stock bandwagon. <laughs> How you feeling about <laughs> that feeling these now? weeks? <laughs> He's like really hoping for season 15. Yeah. Tell you that. <laughs> I did. Oh, man. I was up so much money. <laughs> yeah. uh, not so much, but so much for me. Where I was well, just like, oh, my God. We bought in day one. So we know what those days were Whoa. like whenever it was bit one like in the 80s yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. right? Or, it, got it got up to like 160, 170. Oh, you're right. It was in the 160s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those, were, those were nice moments. They're gone now. Oh, they're I'm gone sure now. they're going to be back, though. So that's okay. Yeah, still a good product. That's what people are losing sight of. Yes, right? exactly. It's like, still a good product. I yeah. use it a lot of days. So do you take mostly cycling classes? Do you take other classes? I take mostly cycling classes. I go through, depending on how stressful the rewrite process is getting at work, sometimes <laughs> a little meditation at night. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> it's mostly cycling. And then I would say it's mostly classes, but I do a lot of the just ride feature too. Like if really? I have to read scripts or something okay, like that, that yeah. I'll just pop on there and do that. That's a great way to do that. Good. Yeah. So that's where I'm at these days. It's like a lot of like something in my hand that I have to read on the just ride, get squeezing a workout in when I can, as opposed to like a Cody dance class that I wish I could do, but I just you can't need to squeeze focus. it on sometimes. Yeah. Does that mean that Cody is your favorite instructor? 
Cody probably is my favorite instructor. Yeah, he's definitely the instructor I take the most, but I'm pretty versatile. I move around a bunch. I do a lot of him, a lot of Matt Wilpers, some Tune Day. I like Ben Aldis. Um, This is a fascinating collection of instructors. Now, I have listened to a lot of people talk about their favorite instructors, and typically you do not hear Alex, Cody, and Matt Wilpers in the same sentence. Like, that's very fascinating. (laughs) I'm I'm all over the place. I really do mix it up a lot. That's great. Um, Yeah. So now what about the other classes? Like, well, since you don't have a lot of time right now, you're probably not even getting to the other stuff, like the weights and all the other yoga and things like that. I've done some weight stuff. I like, you know, I'll be a bad Peloton guest in that way. Like when I do weights, I tend to be more just like music in my head, taking my time as opposed to like a hit class on Peloton. I've done a couple. I started the Andy Spears program at least twice. (laughs) And I say I'll get back to it for sure. I'm mostly a bike guy. I've always been a bike guy, which is why I got the Peloton as early as I did. I was already doing lots of biking prior to it. Now, did you ride only indoors? Like, were you a spin bike guy or were you like an outdoor bike guy? I was a spin bike guy. I was OG Soul Cycle. Oh, oh, Um, oh, goodness. Okay. (laughs) But when things got busy again, it's like recumbent bike at the gym on my phone trying to figure out, you know, story I can pitch at Brooklyn Nine-Nine that morning after I get to work. You know? <laughs> yeah. A lot of multitasking workouts. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, sometimes that's the only way you can fit it in. So yeah. that's what it works. I would think it would be helpful just from the point of view of like sometimes like the best way to think about something is to not think about something like I would. Yeah. The shower effect. Yeah. yeah. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. It is really helpful. <laughs> Although sometimes it's the opposite where you're like, I had this great story. Oh, fuck. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I should have written it down, but I had nothing. I was like sweating into a towel. Oh, man. <laughs> Come back to me. And then yeah. <laughs> so that had to be tough on Brooklyn Nine-Nine to write a cop show towards the end. I wasn't there. I oh. left to start this show in... October or November of 19. Oh, wow. Okay. So, because it takes a while to get a new show on the air. Sure. It makes Uh, sense. But, you know, when we're watching it, it's like, it's like, that's been, wow. So it's been so, yeah, but I know how tough it was for all of them. I was definitely on a lot of phone calls, even though I wasn't working there anymore to be like, what do you think of this? Like it it was tough for them to figure out ways to address it. But I thought they addressed it like pretty beautifully and and honestly. Before we get back to Peloton, because she will, is what she (laughs) she does. This it's is a just Peloton a Peloton podcast. This is, um, yeah. is. But <laughs> then you had me on it. So, <laughs> so I have just a weird question about how shows are identified within the HBO Max ecosystem. Great. I'm sure I'm the expert for that. You're closer than anybody else on this <laughs> That's show. That's true. That's yeah. true. I'll try my damnedest. <laughs> how come some shows are called Max Originals and some shows are called HBO Max Originals? Oh, man. I can totally handle this. Yeah. Well, I think they're the same. I think Max Original is an original for HBO Max. Okay. I think HBO is like that, like linear on TV. You got direct TV. You're looking at what's on at 8 p.m. Right. It's on it, you know, whereas HBO Max is the streamer that they're moving things towards. And I actually don't know what an HBO, I think. Maybe maybe I misnamed it, but I thought like some were so. Max Originals and some were like, I guess. So you don't, you're there only on streaming. There's definitely HBO shows right, and right. there's HBO Max originals. So like we're an HBO Max original because we were made for HBO Max. We work with HBO Max executives 
not HBO executives. Like it's okay. a different product that they're sculpting. Gotcha. Like Succession, as I understand, is handled by different people because that's there. It airs on HBO Max, also. but it also airs on, you know, normal linear. Okay, because we don't have like regular HBO anymore. So like I didn't right. realize that not everything... I, I thought maybe like sense. it was like some of them were on Cinemax and some of them were on I don't know. I'm oh talking. no, it's like a slow changeover. I think things okay. are moving towards HBO Max. You know, like gotcha. definitely, I've heard them talk about that before. Okay. I think like we're all just waiting for the day that all of these cable providers <laughs> kind of cease to exist. It feels yeah. like it's coming at some point, and it does. like everyone has their own streamer. Like NBC Universal has Peacock and. You know, CBS Viacom has Paramount Plus. And so they've all been putting these pieces together for a bit. So now they're all there. So the only thing that's left is to like move the to beast. it fully <laughs> as opposed to. Yeah. But if they're still making money in advertising, it's, you know, it's all business. Absolutely. OK, that gives us some clarity. I've always been confused by that. So, OK, yeah. That but there are HBO Max executives who hear pitches for shows from people like Mindy and I and other writer creators, and they decide, hey, this is going to be a show that HBO Max is going to make with HBO Max money, and we're going to try to put it on HBO Max. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So it's like a different business division. It's like a different division. Yes, okay. totally. So kind of taking a question for both, like your day job and Peloton, I'm going to yeah. try to, and I'm really going to put you on the spot here too. I remember seeing that you posted in what we refer to as the OPP on Facebook, the official Peloton page. And you were yeah. like, hey, with all this, you guys are all watching Sex in the City. You should be over here watching <laughs> the sex lives of college girls. Yep. And I heard there was the writer here that really cracked me up because I'm sure most <laughs> of those people did not understand that that was you. But I was curious from your perspective, actually being a showrunner, what are your thoughts on the Sex in the City scandal? And now Billions has done another heart attack. Like, what are your thoughts? How does that work? I'll be honest. I haven't watched it yet. <gasps> One of the things that's craziest about making TV is you spend so much time making it that you fall behind on watching it. I friggin love Sex in the City. Like, it's like a show that I watched on repeat for a really long time. Like, it's bonkers that I haven't watched the new episodes yet. <laughs> but I've just been, like, truly living in the world of making this show forever. So I don't have a ton of great, like, content for it. But I would say, like, I've definitely toyed about, like, writing Peloton into shows in the past. I had a show at... And there was like in development an NBC that didn't get made with that had like heavily featured a Peloton, like a character who lives in a shoebox who like only owned a Peloton pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting that someone died on. I was like, whoa, that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, whoa. And and, and then uh, this week Billions aired and another character died on Billions. On a Peloton? On, on a, a Peloton. Peloton. Had a heart attack on yeah. a Peloton. Yeah. And then referenced the Mr. Big character from Sex in the City. Wait, what? I didn't yeah. know that part. Yeah, they dubbed it in. They oh, like they dubbed, they it, dubbed in? it in. Oh, they it's were like, like done with like ADR dialogue. They were yeah. like, I'm not going out like Mr. Big or something to that effect. And then he died. So how? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that to me feels like billions had this thing, and then they were like, oh god, the, they had a similar thing on, and just like that. And then they were like, we need to address the fact that yeah. it was on, and just like that. Yeah. And throw a line of dialogue in. Yeah. That's part of the fun of making TV. <laughs> X number of weeks and months before it airs. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And good to point out to all of our listeners that like the people who, you know, because there's been a lot of people very upset about the fact that a character died 
on the bike. Like, it's just very upsetting. And it's like, you got to remember this happened so far in advance. The writing actually happened so far in advance. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I mean, should we really be upset about characters dying on, on well, like... to give you a little context, <laughs> I have to give you a little context. There was the exact same week, within seven days of the Sex and the City reboot airing, there was a writer that we all know and love within the community. Who, very high profile. Very high profile. User. He is a truly an OG. Like he was one of the very first, first people that had a bike. He died on the bike and oh, it no. happened. Yeah. And then like seven days later, this aired, like people weren't even done grieving. And so it felt very like it was just very upsetting to the community, you know? Well, yeah, that's totally tough. And that's like a really just to put it in like terms that relate to entertainment. It's it happens sometimes like we. On Brooklyn, I remember like we would write episodes and then I would be like, I really hope there's not like a shooting in this type of establishment that week. And our episode is somehow triggering to those people who live through that because you just can't know the tea leaves until they're cast. Totally. Yeah. So that's it just feels like a situation that was unprecedented and everybody lost. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But also at the end of the day, like, you know. Jimmy Walker's dad on Good Times died in a car crash. Everybody drove to work the next day. Absolutely. Like, I mean, yeah. where do you draw the line on that kind of stuff? It's I, tough. You know, TV's like personal for the person who's watching it. Yeah. And like, we're like, I'm always one of those people. Like, it's such an old adage, but like, I try to remember you never know what someone's going through when you interact with them. Like, the person who cuts you off in the parking lot in the grocery store, like, you don't know they could be coming from their doctor and just got the worst news of their life. Like, you got to just give people a little grace and a little space. Oh, that's nice. Never said that before. And it rhymed. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Sweat into a towel. Write that down. Oh, my God. Put it on a tea towel <laughs> for just four payments of you're, $50. You're moving out of show writing and into poetry. That's Oh, my God. That's where the real money's <laughs> at. Yeah. Wow. Grace and space. <laughs> It's going to be my new hashtag on Peloton. I'm going to be hashtag Grace and Space. I love it. <laughs> on the bike an hour from now. <laughs> You're so much nicer than I am that when I get cut off, I just assume they're a white supremacist. <laughs> like, I just go right to that. Yeah. I've been there. I've yeah. definitely been there in that thought. Yeah. Uh, we all have a little rage. Yeah. There's... <laughs> like, effing <laughs> proud boys. <laughs> they don't know how to drive. They're out there. Yeah. Um. So what else? Okay, Tom, you can go back to comedy now. I, I can just, go back to comedy. Yeah, you can. I'll let you go back. <laughs> I didn't think I'd get to ask that many. I Are you out? That I don't know. Fast. I'll think of something. Okay. So when you were starting out, were you ever like a stand-up guy or were you always like a writer writer? I always wanted to perform as well. I was always like obsessed with like mostly I'm such a gay stereotype, but like mostly like the women in SNL in the 90s. Like I just like loved Sherry O'Terry and Molly Shannon and I had like a disproportionate love for Anna Gasteyer that I still have to this day like <laughs> all of them Tina and Rachel and Amy so I always wanted to do both and so I did a lot of improv and sketch like in New York and then very lightly in LA when I moved out here but then I started to see how hard those spaces were yeah like in a professional way like when I moved out here I lived in LA with Kate McKinnon for a minute before what? she got cast on SNL yeah and then I just like hearing like more about SNL and diving into it and hearing what writer friends, what their schedules were like there and things yeah. like that. And I was like, oh, no, I don't I don't <laughs> want okay. that. I don't think that's a lot of hours. Those yeah. are the number of hours they work. I'd rather have a better work life balance. Well, guess what? <laughs> that up. 
like it's still bad in writing but um but at least we're like all doing what we love <laughs> well and you know what you don't have to do the sex lives of college girls live once a week that's which true. sounds really weird when i say it out loud it does oh, yeah but <laughs> yeah that would be interesting yeah um, live tv is so fascinating you know what i watched the movie being the ricardos over uh-huh. like yeah that? yeah yeah and I found myself disproportionately jealous of the character who plays the showrunner or I Love Lucy because I was like, your job was so simple. It was like <laughs> simple. Like you had like a couple cameras pointing at things. You enter through this door. I was like, whereas our scripts are like, you know, we have like a unit that films in New York, a unit that films in L.A. And like there's like so much more equipment. It's just such a different beast now than it was. But, you know, um, it, I'm a TV like history nerd. Here's the thing to keep in mind about something like being the Ricardos is that they were inventing that. You know what I mean? Like, which would have oh, absolutely they yeah. were making that up on the fly. Like Desi Arnaz literally invented the three camera setup for sitcoms. It I know. Did yeah. Not the movie, like, definitely includes it in the line where I was like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. To, I was like, you, this guy needs more respect than he gets. Like they invented all of that and he's saying and now, that for our listeners he yeah. knows you know <laughs> and so it's Incredible. so it's like yeah on one level it was easier but another level like the, it was like every day was a new problem that had never been encountered before i know <laughs> i'm like pretty confident i'm not going to invent something <laughs> <laughs> like i think i would have if i do i promise it will be as accidental as that grace and space thing that happened. Like, meant to do it it's the 35 camera system it's expensive and, and a nightmare in post does anyone like it <laughs> Okay, but I am curious, why do you have to have two different film crews? Like, why is there one in California and one in New York? Like, why are they different people or why do we film in both? Why do you film in both? Well, Mindy and I both went to schools that were on the East Coast and Mm -hmm. we just hadn't seen that as much on TV for the obvious reasons. Like if you are in L.A. where most TV is made and you're like, hey, I want to write a show about college, even though there aren't that many or like high schools, like it all looks the same. It's all like the red brick schools that we see out here in L.A., Because you just drive to them and film at them. (laughs) So we were just approaching it creatively, wanting it to be in like a New England, like kind of romantic space. The like remake of Little Women had just come out and we both really liked that and the way it looked and like the cold. The movie The Social Network was a big influence on it. Like we just love the way that captured what these like old kind of like elitist institutions looked like on the inside. And it also just helps the comedy to be in a place that's like super old where like the Bella character is like talking about how she like loves giving hand jobs, but she's standing in front of a statue that like Patrick Henry touched. Or whatever. <laughs> like, it's like, like it's being so like disgraced by this like new story that's just much more fun and visceral. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So, yeah, so we filmed all of our interiors on the Warner Brothers lot in L.A. And then once we were done with that. We packed up and we drove, we, we didn't drive. We're not the Muppets. We got in the car, <laughs> sang a bunch of songs together and we ended up in a studio. to a map and there was a red dot that was yeah. bouncing around. And then we got to uh, Poughkeepsie, New York and where Vassar is. And we uh, filmed all the exteriors there. Now I want to see a Muppet version of the sex life. I do too. <laughs> oh my God. Call me Henson Productions. Yeah. I love that. The crossover, no one ever knew how to classify. I don't think they can do that with Muppets, guys. Yeah. Oh, sure they can. Yeah. Why is Fozzie matted? I <laughs> <laughs> need to get these tangles yeah. out. God. Oh, well, Animal, I... you were in the shower for so long. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Gonzo has that nose. Oh. What? <laughs> I can do this all day. Oh, my God. All day long. 
<sighs> so did you say your leaderboard name? I know no, you said a fictional a, leaderboard are you okay name. Are you with okay sharing? with sharing it? Yes, of course. Of course. My leaderboard name is Justin Likes Dogs. <laughs> I love that. And you'll never guess why. I like dogs. Is it just because you like dogs? It is. It is. Yeah. So it's Justin Likes Dogs. Do you have multiple dogs? No, only one, but he's a good boy. He's a good boy. His name is Snacks, and he understands the Peloton. He knows when I grab the shoes, it's going to be like an an hour hour and 10 minutes until he gets any attention. Yeah. Does he sit there and stare at you with his little paws, his little head on his paws? He does. So we live in like a townhouse in LA, and the Peloton's all the way up in our loft. Mm -hmm. We also bought these really embarrassing like tube neon lights and put them on the wall next to the peloton so it looks like kind of like a club yes and he just hangs back away from it and just rests and i don't know i don't look back a lot because i'm so in the zone right well that's good you should be in the zone zone. (laughs) our dog sits there and waits for her yes yes yeah. yeah. And then like every once in a while she gets brave and she like comes near me and she's like, now I'll be like, no, get away. <laughs> no, no, you're going to get hit in the head. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Back uh, away, puppy. <laughs> very real. Do you have any advice for people that are just now entering the world of Peloton? Just now entering the world of Peloton. Brand new oh, people. Wow. I would say try all different kinds of instructors. I mean, that's not the most interesting advice in the world. I'm sure everybody says it. I love oh, Matt Wilper's Power Zone Training. I think not a lot of my friends like take it. Uh, well, you guys, I don't, I don't know. know that works with your schedule very well. I know, but I love it. Like build my way up to like a 75 minute class on the weekends or yeah. something. Oh, I feel great. So have you ever done uh, one of the power zone challenges? I don't know that I have. Yeah, there's a whole I'm very group. streaky. I'm okay. very streaky. Okay. It's like there's like months where I'm on it every day for 100 minutes a day. And then there's like three months where it's like, what happened, Justin? <laughs> uh, like, and it's usually work related, of course. But um, good advice. Follow me on the leaderboard because I want more <laughs> friends to compete with in, in competitions. Be careful My what you ask for. I'm doing the monthly challenges. He, and he, I really like want him to so I can like be competitive about it. I'm very competitive. Why won't he join them? I don't know. I think he like doesn't get competitive in a way that I want him to. Um, <laughs> that might be like, best long term. It might. You might get along better with that. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're very competitive, but luckily we're competitive about totally different things. Yeah. If we get competitive about the same thing, it's a problem. It's a problem. It is a problem. What are the things you're competitive about? Well, Tom. <laughs> in the Peloton world. Well, so the thing about Tom is he doesn't ride the Peloton, so. He doesn't do anything on Peloton. I know. It's weird. He has a background in radio, background in like doing podcasts. So he convinced me to start this podcast. And wow. uh, and then he was like, I'll help you with that stuff because I am very introverted and I didn't know how to like do transitions from one subject to another. I know it sounds easy, but it's not to just stop oh, a conversation. And so he was helping with all of that. And so, yeah, he is here because he got sucked into it, not because he likes Peloton. And you haven't like gotten curious to try it? So I never <laughs> exercised in my life ever. Like he I'm not. To, he likes to say his body is in like new right, condition. Right, my body is in like new condition. <laughs> never been used. And so, like, I just hate sports. And I have a very famous story about when I was a child, I struck out at t-ball. Oh wow, that's a hundred percent true. And then, like, I just hate all that stuff. Yeah. And so I did finally get sucked in to exercising. I started using. We have a tonal. And so I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. But. Yeah, of course I am. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. we have a tonal. I started doing that, but I did it for a year without telling anybody. Yeah, like, I kept, was the only one that she knew. She was the only was... person that knew. I didn't tell anybody in the world that I had wow. been secretly using the tonal for like a year. 
<laughs> before I finally came out yeah. as a well congrats on your tonal jersey <laughs> in your jersey if you have one they yeah. sent me a shirt they were very nice they were very excited i never got my i never got my century shirt what What? no i didn't get it did you was i supposed to do something was i supposed to like go online and be like hey i did it give me a shirt well Maybe I didn't in that. theory it should have happened automatically but if you don't get it you can still go back and claim it just send an email to support and they will take care of you because they can see that they've never sent you one like for real they'll take care of it does it have to be in the size no. that hundred no. mark or can it be where I am now? It can be where you are now. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> send it from like your HBO email address. Yeah. Like, they'll be like, oh, the we better get right on. Leave this. the signature stamp on there. You know what I mean? I'm like, just, I'm sure I have one. I'll just change my signature. Yeah. I'll be like, <laughs> showrunner. And then they'll be like, oh, shit, get this guy. Send him to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's all of our questions for you. So. Thank you so much for joining us. We know you're super busy. Yes. We're very excited to talk to you. Before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find you. Since you're in the entertainment world, I'm assuming you would like to be found. I would love to be found. I would love for anyone who hasn't checked out the show yet to watch The Sex Lives of College Girls. And they should. now available on HBO Max. It's fun. It is. And you know, it is fun. I feel like I'll say it so you don't have to. Like The title makes it sound like it's going to be a lot more salacious oh, great than it point. is. Because I know Crystal at yeah. first was like, we're going to watch like, what now? I was and like, I was what like, is, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, I'm like, it's I'm watching Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah, I thought he was trying to like make me watch something weird with him. And I was yeah. like, what are we yep. doing? <laughs> no, the, title's, the title's definitely catchy. It definitely gets that vibe. But like, there's a twist to the title once you're watching the show. It's much more about like their light dating, awkward, romantic lives of four girls who have never met before, but have to share a. 500 square foot room. Absolutely. That's too many hyphens for yeah. the title. I mean, you sure. already have a long show title. You do. Yeah. And yeah. it's a perfect title. It just sounds like it's something that it's not until you know what it is. And it's like, oh, yeah, totally get that. Yeah. Originally, we were calling it College Girls. And then we're like, there's a show called Girls. We can't call it College Girls. Yeah, that's okay. true. It sounds yeah. like it's a prequel. It does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is a wonderful show it and is. everybody really absolutely good. should my, check it out i love it my favorite line oh obviously we've only seen the first season because it's all that exists but my <laughs> favorite line exists. from the whole show so far favorite line the purse hooks aren't fifty dollars <laughs> i whoever I wrote that. whoever wrote that needs a raise you wrote that I didn't. I didn't. I can't take credit for that one. That was, I have to go back and look, but that was, I love that line too. And Nicole Sullivan, who plays Kimberly's mom is like, oh, she's so great. Uh, she, the delivery on that was perfect. perfect. I mean, yeah. just perfect. Like one of my favorite lines from that episode is right after Kimberly and Nico have talked in French and she goes, I wish I understood them. And I like, <laughs> makes me laugh every single time. And that we just added on the day. He was just like so present watching. Yeah, that whole dinner scene was, was like, that just... might be my favorite episode. Like that whole dinner oh, scene was you. great. Yeah. I was just like, I felt like that was the one where it like really hit its stride. It was just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. that was great television. It was really interesting to film during COVID when you're like, oh. If one person in this room gets oh, a positive yeah. test, everyone is here. There's no one else we can film. If yeah, you just took the whole show out. Oh, totally. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like it was a real moment of fingers crossed. <laughs> we got through it. Good. Well, that's good. I'm glad. So, <laughs> yeah. um, And so any idea on when we can expect season two? I don't think it's been announced yet, so I don't think I can say. Okay. But I don't want to get you We're making trouble. it. We're okay. making it. That's okay. what matters. And it's Absolutely. on its way. And we've done a whole 11 days worth of writing. Yes. 
I'm sure you've got like eight episodes done then, right? Yeah, we're almost done. I, I mean, they're like 30 minutes, so it takes like, what, 45 right. minutes to write one? And then yeah, how you works? write an episode usually, yeah, in about 45 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> You're like, this, it's not according to Jim. Like, we can't, <laughs> we don't do that here. <laughs> uh, but we're underway and it'll be coming out in time. Okay. Awesome. Okay, well, we well, will keep an eye out. We will. Yes. We will. Yeah, so, thank well, you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it's it. It's been great. We really appreciate of it. Of course. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Uh, next week, we are going to be talking to Kim Zingale, and we are going to be talking all about her diabetes and other medical issue journey that she has had and how Peloton has assisted in that journey. Awesome. Well, until then, where can people find you? People can find me on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and all of the Peloton leaderboards at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find Find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our mailing list that you can sign up for and get all the articles and stuff sent directly to your inbox weekly. And you can do that at theclipout.com. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling and running. Running.